Welcome to Accelerating Government with ACT-IAC on Federal News Network. Now your host, Dave Winogren. Welcome to the show that brings together government and industry leaders to accelerate government mission outcomes. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about technology leadership and the upcoming ACT-IAC Imagination ELC Conference. We're delighted to be joined today by two outstanding leaders, Danielle Metz is the Director, Information Management and Technology, and CIO for the Office of the Secretary of Defense, Vice President-at-Large for the American Council for Technology, and Government Chair for Imagination ELC 2023. Danielle, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dave. Happy to be here. Kendall Holbrook is the CEO, Dev Technology Group, and Vice Chair-at-Large for the Industry Advisory Council, and Industry Chair for Imagination ELC 2023. Kendall, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Dave. It's great to have you both on the show. Let's start today by having each of you tell us a little bit about yourself and the work of your organization. Danielle, we'll start with you. Great. Well, thank you very much for having us be on the show. So we just have been a year uh, since we started as the CIO for OSD, and we're currently doing our annual report, kind of the state of a union. And so it's an interesting an inflection point for us to reflect back on the year of what we've done. And so the good things that we've been able to bring together is creating an identity, a community for OSD to recognize the importance of technology being a critical enabler to do everything and anything in terms of executing the mission for the secretary and the deputy secretary of defense. And we had three big goals that we wanted to achieve and set out. And the first one was flipping the IT delivery model. So instead of it being a service provider, we wanted it to be really customer focused, the user experience, the customer being able to say what its requirements are, what technology is needed, how to use that technology to drive the changes that we need to have. Uh, The second one is to treat OSD as an IT enterprise. And so that goes to that community experience in terms of recognizing that we are a teaming partner. We're better together than as individual uh, organizations. And then the third was to maximize the use of technology um, to support the OSD mission. And really, that's the focus on um, improving or transforming processes to prevent hindrances for how we use technology and really unleashing the potential of what the technology is there. And also educational opportunities so the user can really understand the power of technology at their fingertips. All of those goals um, were admirable. Uh, We've been able to set some of the foundational pieces in place and get us ready to that next step um, to really get us to uh, fully realizing what we can do with the cool technology that's out there to go beyond just the modernization of your enterprise and to do the basic hygiene of, of technology. And so I think just kind of fusing together people, processes, and the use of technology is the year review that we did um, for OSD. Very good. And if you looked at the year in review in your first year in the job, what was one aha moment that you've had since coming on board? To me, it's all about the people. And it's really being able to create a space for people to be heard, um, to be listened to, to realize that they are a part of the solution, that they can see themselves in the strategy, that they can own that strategy and then be responsible for its execution. And that takes a lot of work um, to be able to build the trust relationships uh, with uh, individuals, with organizations. But if you don't do that, then everything else that we do isn't worth doing. 
Excellent point. Kendall, how about you? Tell us a little bit about yourself and your organization. Sure, Dave. Thanks so much for having me today. I'm so pleased to be here with Danielle. I'm, I've gotten a chance to know her a little bit better this year so far and what OSD is doing. And, you know, for dev technology, we are entering our 25th anniversary year. So we'll be 25 in October. And our focus has always been trying to do IT so that it supports our clients' missions, right? We don't do IT for IT's sake. We like to focus on government's mission. So what our 25th year is really all about is kind of expanding the missions that we support, um, making sure that what we do from an IT perspective is the right thing for the clients that we work with and that choose to work with us. Um, so we spent a lot of time kind of refining what that looks like for us at the company. And, you know, we did a, a few different things this year. Um, it, it is the end of the fiscal year. So now we're writing a lot of proposals, but we did some things earlier in the summer and earlier in the spring to try and help us kind of refine what that looks like. And you know, one of the things we did in the spring, we had a conversation that we called the IT apocalypse. And we invited some of part, some partners, some government um folks in to talk about um, how modernization and transformation is happening in the government and, and kind of what what that means for all of us with the speed of change in IT, which I know you know a lot about, Danielle certainly knows a lot about. So that was a very different type of conversation because it was truly off the record. We just had people talking. And then we just came off of a couple of weeks ago we call it our tech best. So we looked across our organization to see where we were doing some cool things in IT, right? Some cool innovative things that were either happening on with existing clients on projects or stuff that we've just been working on and playing with ourselves in advance of understanding where our clients are going. And so we had a what we call tech best uh, 2023. It was our first annual, knock on wood, it'll be annual. Um, but you, you say it and then it, then it happens. And we had probably 50 or 60 people come through, see the technology, engage in conversations with our subject matter experts. Our AI um, demonstrations and conversations were probably the hottest topic. Everybody wanted to see the AI mission use that we're seeing. Um, so we got to talk about that, but it's been a great year for us. So just continuing to enjoy uh, being in the role of CEO at Dev. Very good. Kendall, let's stay with you. And, and you know, we're going to sort of tag team today about leadership topics and, and, and technology topics, as well as the big conference that's coming up. But, you know, as you look back on this outstanding career and congratulations on the 25th anniversary for the company, reflect for us briefly on your career journey and maybe getting yourself to where you are now and a couple of takeaways that you might offer as like mentoring advice to our audience. Definitely. So my career journey was definitely not a straight path. And I you know, when I'm talking to folks who are, are trying to figure out how to take their careers, I always tell them that, you know, I don't know that I ever saw myself as a CEO um, of an IT company, but I did come out of school with a degree in computer science and I was a developer. That's how I started um, right out of UVA. I, would, I developed on a government project. And so I've been in government IT my entire career, but just in very different roles. I you know, I went to work for a large company that no longer exists due to mergers and acquisitions, multiple mergers and acquisitions. Um, but I had an opportunity to do so many different things, right? And every time I got a new opportunity, even if it was a vastly different role and job, I said yes, right? I took that opportunity. I took it head on. I learned the job. I learned the skills. 
Um, so I probably, when I was at the large company, had about seven distinct different jobs, you know, anywhere from being a developer to marketing, right? And then when I joined Dev back in um, 2010, I joined as the vice president of business development, which is kind of where I ended my career at the large company. Um, and, you know, having that varied background allowed me to, to take on the role of CEO. I had done so many different things and I knew so much about, you know, I was about an inch deep in some areas, uh, but I knew enough about all the different areas that make companies tick that moving into a CEO role kind of made sense. Um, but I, you know, I just took the opportunities as they came to me. And so that's my advice is take opportunities that are presented to you and seek out opportunities when you're ready for something new. Excellent. Danielle, how about you? What's a couple of takeaways from your career journey that you'd like to share as mentoring advice? Yeah, just like Kendall, my career path was not straightforward either. Um, when I graduated from college, I thought I was going to be a foreign diplomat. Uh, obviously, that is not the case. Although, if you work in the E-ring, you do have to do a lot of foreign diplomacy. Um, but the opportunities uh, that came to me, um, I took them even though I didn't think at the time that I was ready for them, but I knew I needed to take them. I needed to make myself feel uncomfortable to push the envelope. I had to um, trust myself um, and others. So building that network and being able to be reliant upon a network, a professional group of women. And so I'm happy to have Kendall be a part of my network, you know, over the past since February, we've been working really closely together. And so I've learned a lot from her. Um, and so it's really important just to be able to see other people and how well they're able to do and kind of replicate that or take that chance. And if you have questions or concerns, you're able to peer with your network that's able to help you out with that. I think also to continue being intellectually curious you're never going to be satisfied, right? So you have to be able to continue to want to learn, to want to grow, and to be able to create teams that also have those same passions or even people that are different from you. Seek them out so that you're able to grow collectively. And that really helps create a product that is, is worthy of, of what is being created for. Um, I think it's important for us to be able to share our vulnerabilities and our strengths, to be able to be our authentic self and then be able to do that. That's why um, collaboration networking is so important, both on a professional and personal level. Um, and I think uh, ACT IACT has afforded me another opportunity to be able to have that networking experience and to meet a, just incredible uh, cast of characters um, and learn from them. So just really pleased to be able to do that. So that, that's my advice is um, don't sell yourself short. Always put yourself out front to be um, open and available, um, connect with others, have your network, trust yourself, um, and be there for others. Say yes to new opportunities, build a network, be curious, all fabulous advice. We're going to take a short break now, and when we return, we'll continue our conversation with Danielle Metz and Kendall Holbrook. I'm Dave Wintergren, and you're listening to Accelerating Government, brought to you by ACT-IAC on Federal News Network. Welcome back to Accelerating Government with ACT-IAC. I'm Dave Wintergren, and we're talking about technology leadership in the upcoming ACT-IAC Imagination ELC Conference. Our guests today are Danielle Metz, Director of Information Management and Technology and CIO for the Office of the Secretary of Defense, and Kendall Holbrook, CEO of Dev Technology Group. 
Together, they are the conference chairs for the 2023 Imagination ELC Conference. We're grateful that the two of you have taken on the roles of being the conference chairs for this year's ELC Conference, and we'll be talking more about the event in a few minutes. But since Kendall was the industry chair last year and Danielle was a keynote speaker, I'd like to take us back to last year's event for a moment where we had a panel discussion on the 20th anniversary of the EGOV Act. And we asked a couple of the speakers this question that I would now want to ask you as we go forward. With that milestone in mind, what's one thing that has changed the most in federal technology over the last 20 years? And what's one thing that has surprisingly remained the same? And Danielle, why don't we go ahead and start with you? Oh, well, thank you. Uh, so I think the one thing that has changed is how people look at technology. Um, before, and I can use this for the example of DOD, you know, about 10, 15 years ago, people thought of technology as a cost center, um, something that was for efficiency that could be um, done just okay. And whatever money was left over could be applied to other more critical mission. Fast forward to 2023, we recognize that technology is the critical enabler to everything that needs to be done. And so just having that mindset and the fact that now at the C-suite, you can see the CIO is um, being able to influence, kind of drive uh, changes with the CEO, the CEO, the CFO. That is, to me, the biggest difference that I've seen over the past 20 years as it relates to technology. Now, on the flip side, what has been the constant is the fact that we still feel that we have tech debt and that we still need to have some sort of modernization. That has been a constant drumbeat for a very long time. And for whatever reason, we seem not to be able to find the right um, path or the right strategy or implementation to be able to put us on a footing that we can actually achieve it or show that it's a continuous type thing. So it's not a one and done. And I think that's the next mindset that needs to change to show that you can't just have this big bang approach, say that it's done, call it success. We have to be able to kind of um, have this vision where we know that we need to have modernization and it has to be continual, consistent, repeatable on a very timely manner. And to me, that's where you can really then start layering in the very cool things that we talk about, like AI, machine learning. We can't do that right now because fundamentally we have infrastructure that just isn't supportive of it. All right, Kendall, one thing in the last 20 years has changed a lot and one thing that has stayed the same. Yeah, so just piggybacking off of what Danielle um, suggested. So I think that we do need to get to a place of continuous improvement, kind of like if you look at the commercial sector, commercial IT, it's constantly changing, right? And the commercial sector is keeping pace with that change. It's like a continuous improvement cycle because IT changes so rapidly that we need to make sure, because since, you know, since we're all supporting government missions, that the government is ready for that type of continuous improvement and continuous change. So I agree with Danielle on that that um, aspect. So I think the one thing that has changed is really the speed at which, which technology is changing. It used to change fast, but compared to now, I mean, it feels like we're on a bullet train, right? You know, every, there's always a new product, there, there's always a new tool, there's always something being improved, um, and we just need to be able to consume that. So that's the one thing that I think has changed. Um, the other topic that I see that has changed, but still needs to change more, so I'm changing the question just a little bit, um, is the culture of IT. When I talk about culture, I'm talking about the inclusivity, the 
equity, the, the diversity of, of the people who are using and, and developing the technology that we use. You know, obviously, Danielle and I are both women in the IT field. Um, so we are and we see many women in IT. And I think that the IT ecosystem is accepting of diversity and equity, but there's just not enough of us, right? And and whether you talk about uh, women or, you know, um, ethnic or racial diversity in, in IT, I think we just have to do a greater job, a better job of encouraging um, people of all, you know, backgrounds and types to, to, to jump into IT with two feet. And so I think, I don't think we're doing enough of that, although, you know, obviously we're here today, so so it, it's happening and, and we feel accepted, so. Wonderful. Danielle, let's turn our attention to Imagination ELC 2023, which will be taking place in Hershey, Pennsylvania on October 29th through the 31st. Why is it important for a busy government executive like yourself to take the time to attend an event like ELC? I think it's incredibly important because it gives you an opportunity to meet other very busy federal executives across government, but also uh, industry as well. And so this is an opportunity for us to be able to partner, collaborate, listen um, to each other's stories, to be able to really figure out how we're going to get to the business of doing, which is the theme of this year's event. So I think that no one individual, one organization could do this on their own, and they'd be foolish if they think they, they could. Collaboration is absolutely critical, and I think that is what ACT IAC provides, particularly with this event, a three-day event where it really encourages executives from across the federal government as well as industry to come together. And we're also bringing academia as well. Um, it's fantastic. Um, and that is why I'm just so proud to be a part of this, to be uh, co-leading this, co-hosting this with Kendall. Um, and also Halloween is one of my favorite holidays. So we have a lot of fun themes um, for this as well. But to me, that's, that's the biggest thing. It's good to get out of the office, to be able to reset, to become strategic, and to get with your peers and cohorts to be able to really figure out how we can go about doing things better. Kendall, how about you? Why should a busy industry executive who's busy closing out a fiscal year take a break and go to Hershey for a couple of days to go engage? <laughs> so we will have been through the end of the fiscal year, and it'll be the beginning of the new fiscal year, and hopefully it'll be a little bit quiet at the end of October. So ho I'm hoping that my industry counterparts will be able to break away from the office and come join us because our theme this year, our overarching theme, is the business of doing which came from, from Danielle Metz, of course. Um, and we are taking that theme to heart um, and trying to create rich content with use cases and strategies and approaches and bringing true experts to the table to talk about what that means for government. Um, what, does the, the, what does it mean to uh, be in the business of doing with IT as a support? Um, and, and, and an enabler. So I think that my experience from last year as being a, um, a, the co-lead, co-chair for ELC was that those who didn't come were sad they didn't come, right? They they saw the collection of, of people, of subject matter experts, of 
networking opportunities and they felt they missed out. And I think, again, once again, we're going to raise the bar um, and really try to bring out some real great content, really great speakers, especially with Danielle being the co-chair. Um, we are tapping into some areas in the Department of Defense and the Intel in the Intel agencies that we haven't really had an opportunity to tap into in past years. So it's going to be even more diverse from an agency standpoint. So everyone should come out. I agree. Everybody should come out and uh... <laughs> And, and having a birthday on October 29th, I'll just say that I, too, am a big fan of uh, Halloween as a great time of year. So October 29th to 31st in Hershey, Pennsylvania is Imagination ELC. We're going to take a short break now. And when we return, we'll continue our conversation with Daniel Metz, CIO for the Office of the Secretary of Defense, and Kendall Holbrook, CEO of Dev Technology Group. I'm Dave Wenergren, and you're listening to Accelerating Government, brought to you by ActIAC on Federal News Network. Welcome back to Accelerating Government with ACT-IAC. I'm Dave Wenergren, and today we're discussing technology leadership in the ACT-IAC Imagination ELC Conference, which is in Hershey, Pennsylvania, this October, the 29th through the 31st. Our guests today are Danielle Metz, the Director of Information Management and Technology and CIO for the Office of the Secretary of Defense, Vice President at Large for the American Council for Technology, and Government Chair for Imagination ELC 2023. And we're also joined by Kendall Holbrook, CEO of Dev Technology Group, Vice Chair at Large for the Industry Advisory Council and Industry Chair for Imagination ELC 2023. As we were going to break, we were talking a little bit about the upcoming conference and why it would be important to attend. And Kendall, you had mentioned that the, the overarching theme for the conference was the business of doing and the alignment to the president's management agenda, as well as a number of other important topics. Tell, share with our audience a little bit more about the topics and themes that you're working on for this year's conference. Definitely, Dave. Yeah, so the business of doing is our overarching theme. But then we also have, as as you know, Dave, we have typically four tracks of content for ELC. What's interesting is because of the number of, of registrants we had from last year and our goal for this year, we're actually adding a fifth track to ELC. So to make sure that we can accommodate everyone who wants to join us in Hershey in October. So a here are our theme names. And again, I'm going to credit Danielle <laughs> for the creativity behind the name. So our first track is around modernization. We're calling that modernization Frankenstein to droid. Uh, future tech is our second track, witchful thinking for the future. Our third track is cybersecurity, bedeviled bits. And the fourth track is people, people not zombies. We're calling our newly minted fifth track, the witch's brew. It actually isn't like the other tracks. It's not thematic all the way through. We're actually going to have three different topics discussed in that fifth track, which is going to include a session on sustainability and climate. We're going to have a session on acquisition. And then our third session is going to be covering um, executive orders and new policy mandates that are impacting both government and industry as we do business together. So those are the tracks. We're really excited about those. Our teams, we actually have over 100 volunteers this year for ELC, which I also think is a record for volunteerism. Um, they're taking those, those themes to heart and really getting having a little fun with the way they're, they're naming this, each of the sessions and putting those together. So we're excited about the content this year. 
Danielle, we'll let you pile on around topics and themes, as well as uh, a couple of things that you're excited about from the upcoming conference. Yeah, what I wish is that I can clone myself so I can go to each and every track because it is incredible in terms of the creativity as well as the importance of if you're a technologist or if you're um, a CIO or even if you're a CEO, for you to be able to understand the breadth and depth of what technology affords, each of those tracks gets to the heart of what we're doing and really is the reason why the overarching theme is the business of doing um, and combining and fusing technology people and processes together um, quite beautifully in a, in a very you know unique and fun experience because just because our work's hard doesn't mean that we don't have to have fun doing it too. I'm just looking forward to the event itself, the, the fact that we have a stretch goal of having, I think, over a thousand um participants that we want to have. So think about if you're an executive, whether if you're in government or in industry, how many more people you can have in your network to be able to do the things that you need to do. Think about the opportunity to be able to learn and to engage, to share your lessons, your experiences, your failures in a safe space with other executives to be able to build off and start creating that trust. And that that's just the start. That could be the catalyst as you can go forward and continue those networking experiences, you know, for, for a lifetime. And so to me, that's really what this conference has to offer. And the good news is to Danielle's point, you don't actually have to clone yourself because if you register to attend the conference, you'll be you'll also be able to consume after the fact on demand viewing of the tracks that you didn't get to go to. So you can pick the ones you want to see live and then you can catch up on all the other ones after the conference ends. How about you, Kendall? Um, a couple of things that you're excited about at the conference or any of the other parting thoughts you'd like to offer about ELC? Yeah, so I'm excited that we're actually attempting to increase our attendance um, at ELC this year over last year. I mean, we had a fantastic showing with over 900 registrants who actually showed up. I mean, it was over 900 people who showed up at Hershey last year, which blew our goal out of the water. Um, so I'm excited for that networking opportunity to connect with people. I mean, it's, you know... We're not really post-COVID, but we're post-being in our homes <laughs> full-time. And But it's amazing that I'm continuing to see people who I have not seen since before COVID, right? And, it, you know, there are people who I used to see on a regular basis who I haven't had an opportunity to connect with, collaborate with, you know, talk about doing business with in over three years. And I'm hoping that I make some of those, those reconnections in Hershey this year. And, you know, I know we cannot announce all of our plenary um, speakers quite yet. We're still in the process of confirming them. But I think um, the, the, everyone who attends will be surprised by some of the, the speakers that we're going to pull onto the stage this year. Very good. Uh, there'll be a link to register that you can get to at the Federal News Network website or the ACDIAC website. The conference is October 29th to the 31st in Hershey. We'd love to see you all there. I'd like to make sure I take advantage of your leadership expertise and acumen while I've got the two of you here with us on the radio show today. So we're going to broaden the aperture now and talk a little bit more about leadership in the technology market. And so, uh, Daniel, let's start with you. We turn our attention to the federal technology marketplace. What are some current trends that you're seeing in the tech market that interest you and that you think our audience of government and industry technology leaders should be keeping an eye on? 
So I think the one of the interesting things that I see is that there is a focus on the customer, the user experience. And so the need to be able to not just have a piece of technology for the sake of technology, but really being able to make it so that the user can use it. And so it's fusing together those um, those processes to be able to get to the technology, whether through um, quicker acquisition, more agile acquisition, um, quicker implementation, and then the actual use of the technology. So that comes with some more dynamic training um, and uh, champions to be able to kind of train the trainer type thing. Um, you can see the fusion of some of the technology offerings in terms of like a global service desk, um, part of the modernization of service desk, where it's not just focused on the, the technology itself, but how that technology is being used. I think that's been really important. And then this kind of pivot to say that there's everything as a service. So things are becoming more, you know, tangible in the fact that there needs to be a service. And so how do you go about doing that? How do you use technology to, to drive that as a service? Recognizing who the end user is, is really the customer or the user, whether for us in the Department of Defense, it's the warfighter. Um, how do you get technology so that um, the warfighter is able to do her, her job or his job most effectively in a safe manner? And you're starting to see um, how commercial uh, industry is partnering, at least with DOD, to be able to, to do those things. And so I, I, those are the trends that I'm starting to, to notice um, across the board. I love it. Customer experience is such a crucial topic, and uh, and it's great to see all the attention the Department of Defense is focusing on. There was even a recent Defense Business Board study about improving customer experience and steps that we could all be taking together. And so there's lots of lots of fertile ground there. And and you're right, everything is a service. And 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 so it's just really important for us to keep in mind as we think about not only what we're asking to do. But but how we actually contract to get things done too. So so Kendall, I'll give you a shot now. What what are some trends in the technology market that are interesting to you and that you think our audience should keep an eye on? Definitely. So there's three that I I'll highlight today. One is modernization, which is always a trend, and Danielle talked about this a little bit already. But now what we're seeing from our clients is, you know, there was a big push to move to the cloud, moving everything you can to the cloud. There was a lot of lifting and shifting as we approached the cloud. And now what we're seeing from our clients is now that they're leveraging the cloud, is how do they truly modernize their applications using cloud-based services? So they're not just lifting and shifting because that's an inefficient use of cloud technology, right? They're now modernization, modernizing within cloud um, available um, technologies and, and, and solutions. So we're doing some of that work now and we're seeing more and more clients want to do that type of work now. The second is that search for AI use cases and particularly with data, right? Especially large data sets using AI and machine learning to really get at the heart of the data that we all have and do things with that data that they haven't in the past right, being able to do more analysis and, and draw conclusions that weren't able, wasn't able to be done without that, that power of, of using AI machine learning to, to assist with that. And then the third um, is something that we, we've seen, seen for the past few years is really this push to leverage kind of some of those as a service tools that Danielle talked about, but particularly the low code, no code, code tools, 
I'm really leveraging those because you can just get results so much faster. You're getting requirements to finish product in a, in a pretty quick time frame um, based on using low code, no code versus doing some um, actual custom build from scratch development. So we're seeing that as a trend as well. Excellent advice from both of you. Great things for us all to keep an eye on. We're going to take a short break now. And when we return, we'll continue our conversation with Danielle Metz, CIO for the Office of the Secretary of Defense, and Kendall Holbrook, CEO of Dev Technology Group. I'm Dave Winokren, and you're listening to Accelerating Government, brought to you by ACT-IAC on Federal News Network. Welcome back to Accelerating Government with ACT-IAC on Federal News Network. I'm Dave Wintergren, and we're discussing technology leadership in the upcoming ACT-IAC Imagination ELC Conference with Daniel Metz, the Director of Information Management and Technology and CIO for the Office of the Secretary of Defense, and Kendall Holbrook, CEO of Dev Technology Group. They're both members of ACT-IAC's executive committees and are conference chairs for the 2023 Imagination ELC Conference. Let's cover some leadership issues, Kendall, and we'll start with you. Innovation is certainly a buzzword today and a hot topic across government. Share with us some observations or lessons learned on what's necessary to be successful in introducing innovative solutions to large organizations and then helping them to actually stick. So innovation is an interesting topic. We actually rolled out recently inside the company a definition of innovation, because what we often find, especially with our us primarily being a government contractor, is that innovation is in the eye of the beholder, right? So what I think is innovation may not be what you think is innovation. So we try to meet from, from a dev technology perspective, we try to meet our clients where they are. Um, and so we try to personalize what innovation could be for that client. Sometimes it's a process change. Sometimes it is introducing new technology, right? So the, it, it, it varies. It varies in forms. And so for us, it's not like one just thing. Um, it's many different things. And so we try to help our clients identify what that looks like for them and then give them what they need from from a innovation perspective. So that's something that, that we've um, We've come to the, you know, it, it, I, I don't want to say something we've recently come to a conclusion of. Um, it's something we've always known, but we've actually started to define it that way for all of our employees so they know what innovation looks like and they can have that same similar type of lens to look for all types of innovation depending on the client's needs. Danielle, how about you? How do we make innovation take place and how do we make it stick? Well, I agree with Kendall um, in terms of innovation does mean so much. And to me, in order to have meaningful innovation, we have to really look at it holistically. And you have three components, and Kendall touched on this as well, people, process, and technology. And each of those components have the opportunity for innovation to take place. But to have true, meaningful digital innovation all has to be innovated, right? And so that is something that has um, motivated me for for quite a while, um, particularly in in my new role. And so on Tuesday at the conference, we're going to have our government-to-government breakfast, um, and it's going to be focused on um, innovating meaningfully. And so we're going to have key government 
uh, leads um, on people, process, and technology. And they're going to talk about the need for us to be able to innovate, not in silos, but horizontally to get us to that true meaning of what I think everyone wants innovation to mean. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that Tuesday breakfast. Danielle, we'll stick with you, um, you know, from one world hunger topic to the next. I mean, if innovation <laughs> is all the rage, adopting innovative new solutions requires a willingness to embrace change. And so maybe you could offer our audience some advice on techniques that you've used to help your your organizations, your customers, your employees, your team to embrace change. Yeah, I think uh, change is hard, right? And for those who um, do well in status quo, it's even harder um, because everyone feels that they're going to lose something, that either they're going to lose their agency, um, that they're going to lose a value. Um, And so when change has to happen, change is always happening, whether you want to be a part of it or not. And so as a leader, I think it's really important for us to recognize that we have to create uh, a community, uh, a form of um, an opportunity to hear, to listen, to be heard, um, and to really communicate effectively what the changes are and why and how it will impact and affect. And then to be able to take on board people's concerns, um, to be able to fuse that in as you build out and continue your strategy and your implementation. And so it is not a dictator type activity for change. It has to be um, organic. And in order to be able to do that, that's where a leader really does need to be able to build trust, um, the collaboration, and for everyone to be able able to see themselves in the in the change. And that takes a lot of hard work, excruciatingly hard work, but it is absolutely necessary in order for real change to take place. And I think the next point that I like to make is that systemic change takes time. And it is constant, persistent, dedicated focus from leadership down in terms of what that North Star vision is, to be able to keep at it. And you can't deviate from the need of the change, but you might have to deviate your course to get to the change based on the feedback that you're hearing from your workforce, from your teammates, et cetera. But it is incumbent upon that leader to be able to to hold on and to recognize that change needs to happen and to be a part of it at each and every step. You can't walk away from it. And to me, that is the point of what a real great exceptional leader is, is that you have that dedication, you have that fortitude, you have that compassion for your, your workforce, for your teammates, for your peers, and uh, you recognize that you're not doing it by yourself and that you're able to bring those with you so that they are all doing the change. You touched on so many important topics, the importance of trust and the recognition that large organizations, public or private, often exist in low trust environments and and that you have to overcome that because the vast bell curve of change, the majority of people don't actually live in the I can't wait to change some more space on that bell curve. And uh, and about having skin in the game, and and I did like the the way you near near your ending about the sort of fascinating blend in large organizations like government agencies of having to be impatient to push for something new, but to have patience as well because big change is hard and big change takes time, and and we so often like expect it to be instantaneously better and then get frustrated when it's not. So uh, Kendall, how about you? What's some uh, what's some thoughts about change that? that you you've been thinking through 
Yeah, I, I loved everything that Danielle said. I mean, change is definitely hard and it does require leaders to be intentional about implementing um, implementing steps that help with the change process, right? And often we see, you know, coming from a government contractor perspective, you know, our teams get asked to come and, and deploy the new thing or implement the new thing, build it and implement it. And often we don't necessarily get a say in the process of which that implementation happens, which at times it needs to have more of a handhold, more training, more change management to actually get the users to accept what it is that we're developing, implementing, deploying, right? And, and so, you know, would love to be Danielle's client because her approach and her thoughtfulness around change is a hundred percent right on, right? Those leaders who have approached it in that way, you know, whether it's piloting something and letting a group test it to see what impact it could have and then having them get excited about it and then you continue to roll it out, right? Like there are many ways, there are many approaches to do it, but you do need a leader in those organizations who are changing, who are keenly aware of of the fact that change has to be a process and they have to build trust and they have to bring people along with them and not just take that new shiny thing and throw it, <laughs> throw it at them and think they're going to be accepting of it because they're, they're typically going to be people who are not right. So I agree wholeheartedly with what Danielle said. I, I really appreciate you bringing that up, Kendall, and reinforcing what Danielle said too, that, that it's all, leadership is all about people. And particularly as we rise up through the ranks in our career, and in the early days of our career, it's often about our technical expertise, our subject matter expertise. But then you shift to being this leader where your priority is completely on people and helping bring people with you. And, uh, and, and part of the leader's hard job, I think, is to recognize, I say this a lot on the show, that times of change are times of opportunity. And then for today, I'll add if you recognize that the skills that brought you here may not necessarily be the skills that will take you into the future. And and sometimes it's easier to like want to stay where you are rather than move to the new place and have to get those new skills. Danielle Metz is the Director of Information Management and Technology and CIO of the Office of the Secretary of Defense. And Kendall Holbrook is the CEO of Dev Technology Group. Thank you both for your leadership in the federal technology community, for your support of ACT-IAC, and for joining us here today. ACT-IAC's Imagination ELC Conference is only a couple of months away. You can be a part of this premier event on October 29th through the 31st in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and join your fellow government and industry executives as we tackle the top topics in the federal tech market. As you heard today, this year's theme is the business of doing, and we'd love to see you there. If you'd like to register for the conference or learn more about ACT-IAC, check out the Federal News Network website or go to our website, www.actiac.org. I'm Dave Wenergren, and you've been listening to Accelerating Government, brought to you by ACT-IAC on Federal News Network. Thanks for listening to Accelerating Government with ACT-IAC. You can listen to this episode and past episodes anytime in your podcast feed. Search for Accelerating Government on Podcast One, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts.